how does it feel? Bob Dylan asks. Now, I was going to try to do the rest of these lyrics in my best Bob Dylan impression, but I thought better of it. But it goes like this. How does it feel? How does it feel to be out on your own? With no direction home, a complete unknown like a rolling stone. You know, Dylan is widely regarded and as one of the most influential rock artists of all time. And that song, like a rolling stone, is considered by many to be his most significant work. Dylan wrote the lyrics and the music and he released the song in 1965. And it tells the story of a, a young woman and her fall from grace after years of privilege and a society life and parties she finds herself out on the streets nowhere to go no one to turn to how does it feel the song asks but to those who listen between the lines the song tells the story of a generation of men and women it speaks of young people who came of age in the 1950s in an age of prosperity and optimism only to tumble headlong into the, the tumult of the 1960s. The civil rights movement, the Vietnam War, assassinations, family disintegration, political unrest. A generation who found themselves cut loose and carried along by the forces beyond their control, like a rolling stone. A rolling stone gathers no moss, they say. It's always in motion. But it's random motion, bouncing downhill, crashing through trees, sound and fury, but signifying nothing. And that image captured the imagination of an emerging generation. And then along came Mick Jagger and his Rolling Stones. And they gave voice and vision to reckless living and random relationships. And Rolling Stone magazine chronicled the, the careening careers of musicians and artists and gurus and celebrities. And now here we are, more than 50 years later. Believe it or not, Mick and his Rolling Stones are still singing. And Dylan's question still haunts the thoughts of today's generation. How does it feel? to be on your own, with no direction, without a home, a complete unknown, like a rolling stone. Well, this morning, I'd like to offer you the opportunity to become not a rolling stone, a different kind of stone, the kind of stone that we'll read about in today's text is in 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 4 through 10, and here Peter speaks not of the rolling stone, but of the living stone. Listen to these words. And coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. 
This precious stone then is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they're disobedient to the word of God. And to this doom they were also appointed. But you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy but now you have received mercy. This letter written by the Apostle Peter was written to followers of Christ who were scattered throughout Asia Minor at that time. They were scattered because of persecution, persecution of their faith. These were believers who felt out of place in their pagan culture and whose faith was being tested at every turn. I wonder if that sounds at all familiar to you. Do you ever struggle with living out your faith in a world that seems to be continually struggling and fighting and declining? Does it ever seem to you that our culture is adrift? Is there any tension or stress in your life? Has your faith ever been tested? Well, this morning, I want us to see that if we are to have any hope of surviving with our faith intact in a world that is far away from God, that we must be people of connection, people who find identity and belonging and significance in the body of Christ, his church. In verse 4, verse 5, Peter says, you are living stones. Well, that image of a living stone is intriguing. It's kind of difficult to try and make sense out of it. What does that mean exactly, a living stone? A number of years ago, our church building here was being resided. And as part of that project, they were putting up some stonework on the building. It's still there today, and you can see it. And uh, so I noticed this, guy, this crew of guys from our contractors, and they, they were working on the stonework that's around the building. And, uh, you know, I, I'd come by every day to kind of check in and see how things were going. Uh, but this day I stopped to, to watch for a while. You see, they, they had delivered several piles of bricks and rock, and they'd been sitting out there in the middle of the parking lot, not doing much of anything. But this day, something was happening. They were being put into place. They went from looking rather unsightly to taking shape. The the masons were fitting the bricks together one by one, forming them into walls and, and places around the building. And then suddenly those bricks that looked like a pile of junk out in the parking lot now fit together rather nicely. Different shapes, different colors, and they were serving a purpose too, making our building stronger and more attractive. And as I watched that process, this image of living stones came to my mind. It reminded me of this passage of Scripture. You know, left to themselves, those bricks are just a pile of rocks. Lifeless, 
useless. But when they're fitted together, they become part of the wall. They come together with life and with purpose. And that is the way it is for us who are believers of Christ Jesus. When we find our place in this edifice that God calls his church, when we make the kinds of connections that Peter is describing here in these verses, we begin to fit in to the project. So I want to explore this image just a bit more with you this morning. What does the picture of living stones mean for each of us individually and corporately? So we're going to look at three ways that we can uh, become living stones within the Lord's church. And the first way is this. We can find identity in the body of Christ. We can find identity in the body of Christ. Peter says, as you come to him, the living stone. And then later he says, you also, like living stones. And he uses that odd metaphor. Because if there's one thing a rock is not, it is alive. Now, years ago, I remember um, Sesame Street had, had a regular segment that taught kids the difference between living things in, and inanimate things. And, and in the back of my mind, I remembered there was a little one about a rock. And so I had to go Google this and find it. And, it, and one of the living things, uh, the not living things, was a rock. And, and they used this little ditty, which I, I got here, and I'll, I'm not going to sing it for you, but I'll, I'll recite it says, it doesn't eat or sleep or grow, and that is how you know that a rock is not alive. Everybody knows a rock is not alive. Everybody except Peter. According to Peter, when we're left to ourselves, we're like dead rocks. But when we come to Christ, we become like living stones. And that is because Christ himself is the living stone, the cornerstone Peter calls him in verse 6. You know, in ancient buildings, the cornerstone was set into place first. It was the most important stone. It anchored the entire structure, and every other stone would find its proper place in relation to that cornerstone. So in the same way, Peter says that human beings come to life when they come into relationship with Christ when we rest on him for our salvation, when we align ourselves with his life, with his plan, that's when we are born spiritually and become children of God, living stones. Now, I suppose we, we shouldn't be surprised that it was Peter that came up with this odd metaphor. You might remember who Peter was before he met Jesus. His name was Simon. He was a fisherman. But who was he when he came to faith in Jesus, when he met Jesus? Jesus changed him. Jesus changed his name. And he said, you're no, longer, you're no longer Simon. You are now Peter, which means rock. And it wasn't just a, a new name. It was a new identity that Jesus gave him. He was a different person once he was connected to Christ. He became one of the first of many rocks with which Jesus would build his church. One of the first of many living stones. And so, what about you? Have you discovered your eternal identity as a child of God? Do you have that personal connection 
to Jesus Christ that changes you, that changes your identity? Or are you, like the song, a complete unknown, like a rolling stone? We're either a living stone or a rolling stone. The only real identity that matters comes from knowing Jesus. But then there's more. Yes, we can find identity in Christ. But secondly, we find belonging in the body of Christ. Peter says, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Several times in his letter, Peter reminds his readers that sometimes the followers of Christ feel like strangers in the world, like we don't belong. You know, that day as I was watching these stonemasons on the building, it was intriguing to see how they would find just the right spot for each stone. And it really is a kind of an art form. They will match each stone to the stones around it. Some are up front, and, and, and others anchor at the back of the wall. Some are, are larger with straight lines, while others are small and irregularly shaped. And, and each is positioned in just the right spot, and then mortared into place, so that weather and time will not dislodge them. And in much the same way, God's desire for you and for me is to have a place in the spiritual building of Christ that he calls his church. You see, within the Lord's church, there is a place uniquely suited to match the color of your life. There are relationships waiting for you, people with whom you can fit, people to worship with, People to walk with in your spiritual journey. People to walk alongside for God's glory and benefit. But we can't just sit back and wait for these kinds of connections to come to us. You probably won't find a sense of belonging by sitting here every Sunday morning on a bench and waiting for people to come to you. We have to intentionally find where we fit because the lord has brought you to this place that we call garden way church i want you to think about the idea that isn't there at least the possibility that this is where he wants you to fit in some of you haven't quite found your place to fit in at garden way and that can be frustrating for others, you might just be content to kind of bounce through life without connection. Kind of like that rolling stone. But God, God has a design for you. He has a plan for each of us, and that is for you to belong. Identity is in him. Belonging is in his church. And that belonging stretches beyond 60 minutes on a Sunday morning. And so today I want to challenge you a little bit. I want to ask you, have you looked for a way to fit in? Have you visited a small group? Are you involved in some sort of a, a ministry beyond yourself, serving in some capacity, whether it's within these walls or in the community? 
You see, folks, we have to take some initiative. We might have to try more than a few things before we find the right fit. Just like those stonemasons have to find just the right spot for some of those bricks. Some of them are irregularly shaped, and they need a little extra nudging. You see, the truth is, we don't really belong in this world. We belong to Jesus, and therefore we belong to his body, his church, and we need to remind one another of that. We need one another for this journey. You know, that's why it's so nice when you bump into somebody from church out at the mall or on the soccer field or in the airport. Why it's kind of cool to have some other believers in your workplace, you know, somebody that sees the world the way you do, shares your beliefs in God and his plans. But, you know, it's not enough. It's not enough to just randomly bump into people. God's design for you is to belong, to fit in. To his building, the church. And only when we make a connection with the Lord's church, when we find our place in his body, will we truly experience the belonging that God has for us. You are being built up as a spiritual house, Peter tells us. And so I want to ask you, have you found that sense of belonging? Or are you out on your own? Like that rolling stone identity in Christ, belonging in his church. And then finally, we find significance in the body of Christ. We find significance. To be a holy priesthood, Peter writes, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God in Christ. You see, when we come together as a community of faith, when we take our places in the body, we not only find out who we are, And where we belong, we find meaningful work to do. The Bible calls that ministry. Now, in the Old Testament, priests were the ones who ministered the presence and power of God to the people. And so if you wanted to express thanks to God, you would bring a thanks offering to the priest, and he would present it on your behalf to God. If you needed forgiveness, you went to the priests, who would present a sin offering on your behalf. When the people corporately needed guidance, the priests would seek God and ask him to reveal wisdom and guidance to the group. But now, now in God's new kingdom, what he calls the church, Peter tells us we are all priests. We can all go directly to God for ourselves and for one another. And we are called to minister the blessings of God to other people. And that's why you can come uh, alongside someone who's sick or struggling and you can bring them comfort and, and be a presence, the presence of God in their life. You can open up God's word and explain it to another person. You can sit down with someone and tell them your story of finding Jesus. And finding hope. You can go out into the local community. Or even to some distant place. And you can bring warm clothing or food or health care. Educational materials. And especially the good news of Jesus Christ. You can bring that to others. Talk about significance. As priests of God, you and I 
have many opportunities and the responsibility to make a difference for time and eternity in the lives of the people that God brings into our life. Individuals, families, the community that we live in, the nation where we live. And it's all because of Jesus, our high priest, our cornerstone. And so are you looking for a true identity? Are you longing to belong to something worth belonging to? Are you yearning for significance in a world that, let's face it, is just full of trivial pursuit? Well, the answer is only found, only found in Jesus. You know, rolling stones can be spectacular to watch as they tumble down the side of a mountain. But eventually... They come to rest somewhere, usually at the bottom of a ravine. And it's there that they gather moss and they slowly sink into the mud. They're grown over by the underbrush. You know, a rolling stone blazes quite a trail as it crashes through meadows and woods. But it's a very random route that leads to nowhere in particular. That's a rolling stone. Living stones, on the other hand, living stones are connected to Christ and they're connected to one another. And together, together they become a spiritual house where lost people find a home. And they become a holy priesthood making a powerful and lasting difference in the world. Have you found your place? Have you found your place in God's spiritual building? Or are you like a rolling stone with no direction home? Came across this interesting little story. Church officials in Russia discovered in 2008 that one of their church buildings had disappeared. Poof. This is gone. The whole church building. 200-year-old church building northeast of Moscow. It had sat unused for several decades, but now the Orthodox, the Orthodox Church, which was experiencing growth, was considering reopening the building. And so they sent some officials there, and that's when they discovered the building was gone. Well, they had to get to the bottom of this. And after investigating the matter, the church officials, well, they didn't blame aliens from outer space for stealing their building. The building wasn't bulldozed away. Rather, the perpetrators were villagers from, from the nearby town who had taken and sold the bricks from the building to a businessman. Over a, a lengthy period of time, one by one, the bricks were taken. For each brick, the thieves received one ruble, which is about four cents. And over a period of time, they dismantled that building and carried it away. Now that two-story church building did not go from being a building to not being a building in one, one bulldozing strike. No, rather the bricks were chiseled out one by one by lots of people in the same way, in the same way that some churches Churches built not of bricks, but of living stones of believers, of Christians, are 
not reduced in one fatal stroke, but rather by Christians, one by one, choosing not to be involved. After all, I could stay home and watch a TV preacher. They're much more handsome anyway. I can read the Bible and pray on my own. I'm not interested in organized religion. I do my own spiritual thing. And each decision we make, one by one, means one less living stone. And in the, in the end, the church, intended by God to be the display of God's glory, is chiseled away. But conversely, each person who gets involved, who invests, helps to build a holy temple to the Lord. Not built of bricks, but built of lives. Lives that bring glory to God. That's my prayer for our church. When uh, those contractors finished the job on our building, I was talking to the, the lead stonemason. I was just thanking him for their work. And uh, he said, you know, um, I work on a, a lot of buildings around the community. He said, I, I, I've worked on malls and office complexes. And he said, it really feels good to contribute to a building that stands for something of real value. Well, I know what he meant. But I want to say, I hope that's true. I hope that's true. I, I hope it, it, it means a lot more than, than wood and mortar and, and metal. I hope it's true that we, following God's plan together, are standing for something of real value. And so I want to challenge you today, as you leave the building, as you walk out to your cars, maybe just take a moment to, to look at some of the brickwork around the building. It's been there for, I don't know, 10 years or so now, and it's, it's worn, and it's chipped. It's not as pretty as it was when it was brand new, but it's still strong, and it's still attractive. And to me, that's what the church ought to be, a gathering of folks. Some of us are bruised and worn from years gone by. Some of us have been through some struggles, some hard times. Our edges are rounded instead of sharp. But here we are, called together to become a spiritual building, to bring glory to God. What an amazing, amazing thing God does with broken people, ruined lives, hopeless hopeless ideas and yet he brings us together and he gives us hope and he gives us an identity and he gives us significance and he gives us belonging that's god's plan for his church and may that be true of this local church